Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. St. Louis and all points north, south, east, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World, King's Court. Kevin Slayton with you on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Send the word far and wide. KevinSlaytonShow.com is where you can hear the unvarnished truth supported by facts and evidence every single morning, Monday through Friday. Then you can hear the podcast whatever time of day you want. 
on KevinSlaytonShow.com, on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, and any place that you listen to. Find podcasts. Again, unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence, a rarity in this world today, especially in our country. As we get set to watch the United States soccer team play Iran today, and I hope I pronounced that correctly because a reporter from Iran scolded one of the U.S. soccer players, a black player, for mispronouncing it. Uh, the black player apologized and um, then was asked by this same Iranian lunatic uh, what it's like to represent a country that um, hates black people, essentially, was the question, and oppresses black people. And the player responded, well, Every country has their issues, but I live in a country where black people make millions of dollars, so it's not so bad. (laughs) I love that kid. You got to love that kid. What a response. It's too bad the entire U.S. delegation isn't as cool as that kid is. And I don't look for the United States to win this game. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I am rooting like hell for the United States to win the game. But as a friend of mine with great soccer knowledge said, sadly, this game will be more important in Iran than it will be here. And he's right. It's going to be death to the players of Iran if they don't win this game. And I mean that literally. They might go home awaiting a firing squad. But they're better than we are in soccer. Their team is better. We can't score. So it will be a miracle if the United States gets a goal. The Iranians can score. So I don't look for us to win. I don't look for us to advance. I hope I'm wrong. But if you were a betting man, and remember, I'm not very good at betting, but if you were a betting man, you would bet on the Iranians. But again, my disqualifier, I'm not very good at it. So nonetheless, we'll see how it plays out. One o'clock is the kickoff today. If you're a soccer fan, or if you're looking to skip work in the afternoon and watch the game during the Christmas uh, holidays, which is where we are now, we are in Christmas season full tilt. This is a great way to spend your Tuesday afternoon watching the United States, hopefully win the game. I would imagine bars, especially soccer bars, and there are soccer bars here in our town, will be packed to the gills today for that game. It's win or go home. Advance to the knockout round for the United States would be great here. The the wonderful timing of the World Cup being played during the Christmas holidays, Thanksgiving holidays has been fantastic. They should do it every year, or excuse me, every four years, but they won't. They won't play it in the Middle East every four years, probably never play it there again considering all the Troubles they've had over there, and I don't mean violent troubles, I just mean the insanity of no alcohol being drunk and all the other restrictions that are put on over there probably never be played there again. But nonetheless, it is played there today, and Iran and the United States will do battle on the soccer field and hopefully nowhere else for Iran's sake. But we've got our own battles to fight here in this country, and they continue to get worse and worse and worse. We've got a psychotic president who doesn't know what he's doing. We've got people in China, students, I guess, 
protesting for the most part. And what are they protesting in China? They're screaming at, at a dictator to resign. This is a country that has welded people in their own home. So imagine where you live, whether it's an apartment, a condo, or a home. Imagine the government coming and welding your door shut so that you can't get out until you test positive, or excuse me, negative for COVID. Now, we're not quite there. We're on that track. We've now got evidence that Fauci endorses that kind of behavior. But we're heading in that direction here. But that's what's going on. That's actually happening in China. And the trigger point for the protests, of course, was a fire in a complex where people were trapped inside because they had been nailed and welded in by their own government. And they couldn't get out. Now, the other people are in there, welded in, nailed in, and they can't get any food or water. They're starving to death. Secret police are going around the streets, picking people up if they're walking on the streets, putting them in a windowless van. They have been witness to secret police beating to death dogs and cats who are walking on the streets. Now, remember, this is a virus that the Chinese, in coordination with the United States government, created. And the Chinese, I suppose, have used it as a reason to execute their own people. The United States did similar by locking everyone down, by forcing people to take an experimental vaccine that people didn't want to take or lose your job. Many have died because of that. So both governments seem perfectly content to kill off their citizenry for their own power. And that's what the United States is up to. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And it all begins, as we've always said, with the young children. They want to brainwash our children. To some degree, they're succeeding. The younger they get a hold of them, the better. And sadly, what you're going to hear this morning is the voice of a woman, young woman, I'm guessing she's probably about 28 or 29 now, who enrolled at Mount Holyoke University outside of the the Boston area in Massachusetts and became brainwashed. And you'll hear her transformation back to a normal human being and the role that her mother played in it. This is happening in the United States today. Today. It's happening. And you'll hear from her. You'll also hear that nitwit Admiral John Kirby from the State Department claim that the Chinese protesters are on their own. Screw them. Interesting. Biden won't comment on it. He's not going to speak for the protesters, even though he spoke for the protesters here when George Floyd was the, was the issue. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about them now. Let's tell them, let's tell them they're all heroes. But the Chinese, you know, yeah, go ahead. Why wouldn't Biden want to support the protesters in China? Because he is in China's pocket. That's why. He is a career criminal who now, as we all know, continually gets money from China. And in order to stop people in this country from finding out any more details about it, has enlisted a special prosecutor to go after Donald Trump. You go follow it. See if you can figure it all out. 
Most people can't. It's sad and it's scary, but it's what we've become. And look at the look at the um, similarities between the United States today and the China that I'm describing today. There isn't much missing. We're moving, perhaps slowly, but moving nonetheless in the same direction as China, locking down our people, having political prisons. We've all we successfully muzzled freedom of speech in this country. Elon Musk, who's a hero, is taking them all on. Prior to Elon Musk, there was only one other guy that had the balls to take them on. That guy's name is Donald Trump. You see what they're trying to do to him. Elon Musk, you're in their crosshairs now. I hope the guy that has the most money, it seems, in the world can fight them off. But they're coming after you. Don't think they're not. I, I was at Thanksgiving dinner, and I have a nephew of mine who's married to a woman who was saying, and otherwise very smart woman, how she just couldn't stand Elon Musk. And I said, so you can't stand freedom of speech? Of course, then there was some babbling and double talk and never an answer. But that's what you face in this country if you stand up for freedom of speech. You are squarely putting yourself in the crosshairs of the psychotic liberals. And, man, they're everywhere. They are like the secret police. Well, they are the secret police. They've been enlisted to rat you out if you had more than 10 people at your Thanksgiving dinner a couple of years ago. And they did it. People ratted out neighbors, family members. When I say ratted out, usually that term is associated with telling on someone who's committing a crime, well, I ratted that person out, they stole this or they did that. But in this country... You ratted out your neighbors or your family members because they dared to have 10 people over for Thanksgiving against the government's wishes. No law, just the government's wishes. And that's where we are. And it's not getting better. I keep sounding the alarm bell every day. Boom, boom, boom. It isn't getting better. It's getting worse. Anyone in my situation where I will tell this story every day, people begin to say, well, you know, you're being negative. No, I'm truthful. And throughout history, you've seen people who are truthful be, through the, through the years succeeding, as the only people that were fighting the fight. And once they're gone, no one cares, but no one's fought. I'm no hero. I'm just telling the truth. And if we don't fight it, we are China. China's fighting it. The people of China got fed up. They're done with it. Gordon Chang predicts the Chinese Communist Party downfall within a couple of years. Wouldn't I love for someone to be able to predict the fall of the Democratic Party in this country within a couple of years? Wouldn't that be the, the ultimate Christmas present we could have? That every one of these bastards who are running universities in this country would be imprisoned? That's where I believe they belong. They are brainwashing agents of the state. 
And there's punishment for you, by the way, if you don't go along. You'll be unemployed. You'll be in a political prison. Now, if you dig that, go ahead and stand up to them. That's what that's what they put it as. In order to chill any dissent, every dictatorship in the history of the world chills dissent with punishment. I'm stunned as I sit back and watch the Elon Musk saga play out. I knew they were going to come after him. I didn't realize the way they would treat him now. What is his sin? He believes in freedom of speech. Patrick Henry said it. I may vehemently disagree with what you're saying, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. We are nowhere near that standard anymore. We have a government who wouldn't defend your right to say anything unless it is parroting exactly what they tell you to say. We have a government now who, if you say something different, will come at you, full force come at you. They will monitor you. They will spy on you. They will crush you. You don't think so? Ask anyone in prison in Washington, D.C. from from January 6th. See if they think that. So we've got a lot of things to talk about today. We'll get Biden's reaction to the protesters and what John Ratcliffe thinks of it. We'll hear from that noted Chinese philosopher Steve Kerr who doubles as the basketball coach of the Golden State Warriors, a team that plays in a league in the United States that is owned by China. The Chinese Communist Party owns the NBA. So the next time you watch an NBA game, understand that you're contributing to the Chinese Communist Party because they own the NBA and everybody in the NBA. You'll hear angry Maricopa County voters at a meeting of the Board of County Commissioners to certify the election results. They're not happy. They're not happy at all. You're actually going to hear one of these psychotic liberals on CNN claim that Tucker Carlson and Lauren Boebert, the congresswoman from Colorado, should be held liable for civil damages because of the guy that shot up the gay club the other day. Because if they go through all of that guy's stuff, all of his laptops and phones, and find that he was a viewer of Tucker Carlson or a supporter of Lauren Boebert, they should be liable for civil damages by the families of the deceased. Can you imagine even connecting point A to point B like that? Only in this country that is ravaged by lunacy would that take place other than a real dictatorship. This media in this country is bought and paid for and government-owned. Pretty soon, Fox will cave in completely. Right now, they're the only holdout, and it's only a few people on their network that are holdouts. They have a spy among them. It's called Brett Baer, and he wields power there. Watch out. Don't step out of line with Brett Baer. Jason Whitlock will restore some sanity to the situation today but with Elon Musk, but he'll also understand that he faces a view from the crosshairs. 
And what must they make of Jason Whitlock, a black man telling them to go F off? They must just die over that. Must drive them crazy. But you'll hear how the liberal media attacks Elon Musk. And then little Anthony Fauci, who made the rounds on Sunday, every single morning show on Sunday, Fauci was on, and yet claims he's retiring. But he had to shoot it one more time so that he could somehow claim that we're still in a pandemic, by the way, in case you didn't know. He has another new booster for you. Come on in, children. Look what I've got for you for Christmas. Wow. Looney. Way to hear how Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, pronounces the Nobel Prize. Now, you know it as the Nobel Prize. I know it as the Nobel Prize. She knows it as something different. Even though it's been around since 1901, it'll be very difficult for you to make the argument, well, I just didn't know. Certainly everyone has heard of the Nobel Prize, right? I would think. We'll also hear from Eric Schmidt, the Attorney General from Missouri, a guy that I can't stomach. I think he's a fraud. I think he's a coward. I think he's a grandstander. But he's part of the lawsuit against the government and Fauci in particular. And they were they deposed Fauci the other day, and he'll have some of the points that were discovered from Fauci's testimony under oath. Not that Fauci doesn't lie under oath. We've seen it in congressional hearings. But Fauci coughed up a few doozies in his deposition. So I'll have that for you as well. All of those things and more, and our good friends at Window World want you to know that if you think about something for Christmas that you wouldn't normally get, how about new windows for your home? Not a bad idea. Now, if you want to overpay for them, go somewhere other than Window World. But if you don't want to overpay, if you want the best price in the market for the best service and the best product, you'll call Window World, 314-993-1800, as I did. They'll come out and give you a free in-home estimate and prove to you how they're simply the best for less. Compare the prices, if you will. You'll be stunned by the difference. It's that dramatic. But I've saved you the time. You don't have to do it. But if you think that I'm somehow misleading you, be my guest. 314-993-1800, the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Chiefs. That's Window World. In just over 17 years in business, they've improved the look and the thermal efficiency of over 60,000 homes in our area alone. At Window World, they provide you a lifetime warranty that covers all, now when you hear this, parts, glass breakage, and labor. Glass breakage. If your window breaks, they have a lifetime warranty on it. Now, they do that because their windows have double-strength glass. Not many do. And at Window World, they also offer you 18 months same-as-cash financing with approved credit. It will also lower your utility bills. It did for me. When I got Window World windows, my utility bills went down because the warm air right now from my furnace isn't escaping and allowing the cold air in. And in the summer, the opposite. The cool air stays in, the hot air stays out. My air conditioner and my furnace don't run 24-7, so I save more money. I don't have to replace them. 314-993-1800. Make sure you tell them we sent you. That's Window World, the winner of the J.D. Power Award for customer service and sales. I mean, that's just it just keeps adding on, doesn't it? They win the J.D. Power Award as often as Nick Saban wins national championships. It just seems to happen all the time. 
314-993-1800. That's Window World, all right? I mentioned this woman who was brainwashed at um, Mount Holyoke University in Massachusetts. She went there, she describes herself, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and excited to go to college, as most kids are at that time in their lives. And she was met immediately with the woke crowd at Mount Holyoke. Her story is one that is frightening. Her name is Annabelle Rockwell. Remember this school charges 50 grand a year in tuition as of 2011. No small chunk of change. And for that, she was brainwashed into thinking she was oppressed, even though she came from a well-to-do family. What happened, Annabelle? First, I'm going to say that I arrived at Mount Holyoke bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, so excited to be there in 2011. And as soon as I got there, I was told that, you know, I should refer to myself as a first year, not a freshman, because we were at historically women's college. I was left a note in my mailbox saying, he may be a she, she may be a he, don't assume anyone's gender. And I thought, oh, okay, like, that's new. Uh, And then the last thing was we had the moho chop, which was this ritualistic haircut that people did in the first semester where everyone would shave their head um, sort of as an act of rebellion. So to answer your question, yes. I mean, as time went on and I studied history, I became completely brainwashed into believing that I was oppressed by our toxic patriarchal society. And I left school. I was sad, anxious intellectually starving and by 2015 when I graduated I completely estranged myself from my family how about that your daughter goes away to school she comes back she hates you you didn't do anything she hates you because you're an oppressor that's what she learned in school she didn't learn business she didn't learn history she didn't learn a foreign language she didn't learn economics she didn't learn journalism She didn't learn how to become a teacher. She learned how to hate her own family because they're oppressors. That's what you learned at college. Annabelle's mom, however, refused to take it. And she sought out a doctor who specialized in cult behavior. 300 bucks a day, so it's not cheap, to unbrainwash your child. Annabelle Rockwell describes what her mom did when she spoke to the doctor and got his advice. She spoke to him and he made it very clear to her, do not affirm your daughter's newfound identity. You know her best. She is your child. Don't affirm her. Yes. So she was taught how to communicate with me. Now, to actually be deprogrammed, I had to humble myself. A couple things. I reconnected with my family. I moved home. I asked for forgiveness. I admitted I was wrong. Secondly, I made a lifestyle change. I stopped drinking. I started to believe in God again. And lastly, I had to unlearn my four years of wokeism. And that's not easy. Four years of constant brainwashing to hate her family, to hate what she knew was right. That's the reward her family got for spending 50 grand a year to send her to school. That was 2015 when she graduated. It wasn't 1915. It was 2015, seven years ago. So this woke crap has been going on longer than we ever thought it was. We always knew universities leaned liberal. We didn't realize, at least I didn't, 
that they are lunatic liberal. These people aren't on the fringe of lunacy. They are lunacy. So I would think long and hard before I would ever send a child of mine to college in this society that we live in. Long and hard. First of all, you'll do much better learning a trade and making more money in that respect than you ever will going to college. What are you learning in college that can help you later in life? Nothing. Nothing. It produces people like John Kirby, who at one point was an admiral in this country's armed services, now is a coward. You go from being admiral to coward quickly when you become woke. And they dispatch Kirby out there with his lame response to address the protests in China over the lockdowns. You want to talk draconian, welding people into their own homes. Kirby's response to supporting the Chinese. Our message to peaceful protesters around the world uh, is the same and, and consistent. People should be allowed uh, uh, the, the the right to assemble and to peacefully protest policies or laws or dictates that uh, that they take issue with. Does the White House support uh, their, their efforts to sort of regain personal freedoms in light of these lockdowns? The White House supports the right of peaceful protest. What a coward. What a lame, low-life, coward John Kirby is. Every time you listen to him and watch him speak, he just smacks of smarmy weaselness, doesn't he? He reminds you of Merrick Garland. Boy, that's not a compliment. If you ever say to me, you remind me of Merrick Garland, I'll probably end my life. Who wants to Who wants to remind anyone of Merrick Garland? That would have to be the worst possible person, the smarmiest, weaseliest, slimiest person in this country right now. That's right, more so than Biden, Harris, and the rest of them. Merrick Garland is the worst of what they offer because he has the power to ruin lives, and he's doing it every day, every minute of every day. He doesn't hesitate to refer to parents as domestic terrorists and brand them as such and put them on the watch list, much as though they put terrorists who've crashed planes into buildings in this country. He equates parents who don't like what their schools are forcing on their kids to those people. And Kirby reminds me of him. So they asked Kirby about Biden's reaction to the protesters. What is the president's reaction when he hears protesters in China chant freedom or Xi Jinping step down? The president's not going to speak for protesters uh, around the world. They're speaking for themselves. So there's no reaction? These protesters are speaking for themselves. What we are doing is making it clear that we support the right of peaceful protest. So let me see if I understand this. The protesters are on their own. They're speaking for themselves. How how dare you think we would ever side with freedom-loving people in China against the Chinese Communist Party? The United States is now an ally of the Communist Chinese Party. And they believe in what the Communist Chinese Party believes in. So far be it from them to say that they stand with the protesters and they support the protesters. No, just some lame double talk from that coward Kirby. Well, we support free protests everywhere. But he says Biden doesn't speak for the protesters. Well, he spoke for them 
when George Floyd was killed. Do you remember? It's a wake-up call to our nation. We won't let those who see this as an opportunity to sow chaos throw up a smokescreen to distract us from very real and legitimate grievances at the heart of these protests. We can't leave this moment thinking that we can once again turn away and do nothing. Yeah, he supported those protesters, you know, the Black Lives Matter, the Antifa thugs, those people that burned down minority-owned businesses mostly, thugged it up with the cops, murdered people in the streets. Biden was supportive of them, but he won't speak for the protesters in China. No, no. He's making too much money off China. Make Was making too much money off the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa thugs here. Anytime Biden can make a dollar, he's already bought and paid for. His family is a criminal enterprise. So was the Bush family, the Obama family, and the Clinton family, all of which are criminals. That takes us back pretty far in the presidency, doesn't it? With the exception of the Donald Trump administration, it takes us all the way to Ronald Reagan that we didn't have a corrupt president in this country. So the day Ronald Reagan left office after two terms, from that day until today, we've had four years of non-corrupt presidency. The rest of them have been corrupt. Both Bushes, that's 12 years. Clinton, eight years, that's 20. Obama, eight years, that's 28 years. And two for Biden. 30 out of the last 34 years in this country in the White House has been a house of corruption. And in every case, they've become wealthy while you've fought to pay your bills. John Ratcliffe is not fooled by Biden's bullshit. In fact, his reaction to Biden's response in not standing up for the protesters? The president's statement today was, uh, let's just be nice, it was, uh, it was late, slow, weak, uh, and cowardly. That's about the kindest thing you can say. I mean, this is yeah. the same president who... Uh, had an opportunity to confront the, pre- the Chinese president after three years and a, and a million Americans were killed by a virus that originated in China and he didn't do it. So, so as disheartening as it is, it's not surprising. It is disheartening, but it's not surprising. Are you surprised anytime the Biden crime syndicate sides with the Chinese Communist Party? Are you surprised at any time when the Chinese, or excuse me, when the Biden crime syndicate sides with any corrupt dictatorship in the world? Of course not. Are you surprised when the Biden crime syndicate supports the corrupt Ukrainian government? You shouldn't be. Are you surprised when the Chinese crimes, or excuse me, I keep calling them Chinese because they are, the Biden crime syndicate stands by and does nothing while Kim Jong-un says we're going to be the supreme nuclear power in the world? Trump told the little rocket man, you better knock it off. And guess what happened? The little rocket man knocked it off. History will record that the Donald Trump presidency was all that saved the United States from ruin, but it was only temporary. It was just a four-year reprieve. And that noted Chinese philosopher Steve Kerr, one of the most despicable human beings on the face of God's earth, 
who is a coach for the Golden State Warriors of the Chinese-owned NBA, a guy who ended my subscription to Sports Illustrated. I had subscribed to Sports Illustrated since I was in eighth grade. Five years ago, I ended that subscription because Steve Kerr was pictured on the cover and had written a column in there ripping President Trump. That was it for me. A sports magazine enlisting a coward, which is what Steve Kerr is, owned by the Chinese, which is what Steve Kerr is, to write an article criticizing our president. If it were about Obama, I would have been similarly fed up. I can disagree with it, but I never support a Chinese agent, which is what Steve Kerr is, getting a forum in a national publication in our country to rip our government to pieces, or in this case, one person, not our government. Because Steve Kerr is owned by the Chinese. So he was asked yesterday what he thought of the protesters. Why anyone would question him is beyond me, but I thought his answers were noteworthy because what he says basically is, well, nobody asked me about that, but what about the people here in this country who we hate? It has not come up in terms of people asking me about it, uh, people discussing it. Um, No. Nor has uh, our record of um, human rights abuses come up either. People in China didn't ask me about, uh, you know, people owning AR-15s and mowing each other down in a mall. I wasn't asked that question. The world is a complex place and there's more gray than black and white. It's really not that complex. There isn't much gray. Here, let me break it down for you. You're an ass. That's simple. That's not gray. You're a big mouth, loud mouth Chinese communist agent. How's that for you for being black and white? You're a criminal and you ought to be put in jail. You're a traitor to this country. You are literally owned by the Chinese. You obviously hate this country and everything it once once stood for doesn't stand for anymore, which was freedom. But you hate that. I always find it interesting when it's coming from these loudmouth wealthy people, mostly white people, who hate this country. No one asked me about the Chinese protest, but no one asked me about our record of human rights violations. Can you please tell me where that is? Where is the record of human rights violations in this country? There is a record of horrific racist acts in this country decades ago. Decades ago. Rather than give the people of this country credit for evolving when it came to that, to the point where we were before Obama got into office, where we had zero racial issues, with the exception, of course, of the crazed lunatic here and there. But nothing dangerous. But Obama and the the Obamas, the Clintons, the Kerrs, the Bidens, and the media stirred the racial pot. They figured it out. If we divide people on racial lines, we can own all of them. Whites, blacks, Indians, Asians, they're ours. We'll make them hate each other. They'll look to us for help, and we will own them. Steve Kerr is one of the worst of them all. 
he panders to black society because he needs black basketball players to in, to enrich his ass. Steve Kerr is nothing without the black basketball talent on his team. Nothing. Steve Kerr achieved nothing. Had a very short NBA career, and he rode the coattails of Michael Jordan to a few championships. But he didn't do anything. But he runs his mouth. Yeah, we know your dad was murdered, okay, with a gun. And we know that people in a German airliner were murdered when a psychotic pilot flew it into a mountainside. Does that make all pilots psychotic lunatics? No. But Kerr is a lunatic, and he's bought and paid for and owned by the Chinese, much as his employer, the NBA, is. I've never seen anything like the NBA, honest to God. In my lifetime watching sports, I've never seen anything like a league in this country with its players among the wealthiest in this country refusing to speak out about Chinese human rights violations and the dictatorial nature of that country because they know that punishment awaits them. We saw what happened with the Houston Rockets co-owner. We saw what happened with the player, his uh, Ennis Cantor Freedom, shunned by the NBA, no longer employed by any team. You speak out against China, if you're in any way part of the NBA, you're finished. Done. So Steve Kerr is just a Chinese paid whore. That's all he is. That's all he ever will be. He's a whore. Peter Ducey wondered about the Venezuelan oil deal with Chevron that Biden has blessed. And he decided he would ask good old John Kirby about it. Why is it that President Biden would rather let U.S. companies drill for oil in Venezuela it's dr- than here in the U.S.? That's uh, not an accurate take uh, on the president's view. There are plenty of opportunities for oil and gas companies to drill here in the United States. Does the president think there's some benefit to the climate to drill oil in Venezuela and not here? No, it has nothing to do with a benefit to the climate here. Again. Wow. What a liar. What an abject liar. That's not an accurate description. Well, actually, it is. You're allowing Chevron, you're blessing them drilling in Venezuela, but not here. Excuse me? What's inaccurate about that? There are leases in this country that have been granted and unused. There are leases in this country granted that are unused because the oil companies are have their hands tied by the regulations of the Biden regime that were overturned from the Trump administration. So those leases will remain unused because it isn't worth the oil company's while to try to, from a profit and loss statement, to try to drill under those conditions. And that was intentional. They do that on purpose. We know that. They know we know that, but they still think there are enough dumb people out there. But we're becoming aware quickly. There are still the uh, people out there who claim that elections aren't rigged. They call us election deniers. Now, do you ever notice that 
the phrase, the term election deniers, of course, created by liberals as they continually try to change our language in this country. The phrase election deniers only started occurring when elections took longer than election day to be decided. It's kind of stunning. What a coincidence. Same coincidence that occurs every time a state stops counting votes or stops allowing votes to be cast in the middle of an election day, and then later on the Democrat wins. Another great coincidence. Our elections in this country have devolved now into one series of coincidences after another. It's always a coincidence. Couldn't possibly be rigged. Because the insanely naive people in this country, no, not in our country. We're a free country. We don't rig elections. Well, there's a Maricopa County voter that our research assistant found who thinks they did rig the election out there, and not just this year. What we saw on Election Day was outrageous. And to say that it was anything but that is uh, either you think we're stupid or you're just that arrogant. Uh, What we've seen from you in the election office and your response, very simple questions needed to be asked. 2020 was a disaster. How was 2022 worse? You cannot say that you can certify an election when half of the voting machines were down. Was it a 1,000 people that were disenfranchised? Was it 10,000 of the people that were there in line or the people that didn't show up because they saw on the news the election machines didn't work? The fact that you've already made up your minds, you've already made the decision. This is, this is all semantics. All of us coming up here and speaking is semantics. You've already made your vote. You've already made this decision. You said the world is watching and you're right. They're watching and they're watching this disaster play out in front of them. You responded to the AG with the most most pathetic, inept response I've ever seen. You have not redressed the grievances of these people. That is the question. And the answer that I hear from everyone across this room is you cannot certify. So the question is, what is the remedy? The fact that you were on a pack that was going against Carrie Lake as well as Richer, going against Carrie Lake, how can you say that there's no conflict of interest? You have a secretary of state running against a gubernatorial candidate. How can you say there's no conflict of interest? And then your machines go down on election day. It is absolutely outrageous. If you certify today, the only thing you'll be certifying is your corruption. Carpe quadruple diem to that Arizonan. The guy he's talking about on a pack that opposed Carrie Lake was a guy named Bill Gates. Now, he's not the Microsoft guy, but he might as well be. Bill Gates is the lunatic who uh, serves on the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, and he's the head honcho, the supervisor there. He's the chairman of the board, whatever that means. I guess the chairman of the criminals. He himself negotiated a reorganization of the Maricopa County Elections Department with the then Maricopa County recorder, Adrian Fonts. This guy is on a pack opposing Kerry Lake, and he's overseeing an election that where the votes are counted by Kerry Lake's opponent, Katie Hobbs. Can you be more corrupt than Arizona? Is it possible? The people of Chicago are saying, geez, we are amateurs compared to these people. Everybody's been on us since Mayor Daley back in 1960. We've been the center of voting corruption. We wear it proudly in Chicago.
And now along comes Arizona, and they embarrass Chicago. <laughs> said, you think you're corrupt? Watch us. We're so bold and arrogant that we'll have the person count the votes, who is her opponent, and the person certify the votes and the election result, quote-unquote result, who's on a pack opposing Kerry Lake. <laughs> and then just for show, like that voter said, they have this open meeting allowing people to come up and uh, uh, you know voice their grievances. Well, they're voicing them, but they're not being addressed. Bill Gates is as corrupt as his namesake. If your last name is Gates and someone in your family has a boy, do not name it Bill. Because that kid will be associated with criminals for the rest of his life. Michelle Eugenti uh, Rita is a state senator in Arizona. And she wonders aloud if the American dream is dead. It looks like the American dream is becoming further and further, further away. We need someone to get a hold of the Republican Party and come up with a conservative plan and agenda to fight the liberal Democrats that are coming like a freight train in two months. We have a Democrat governor. We have a Democrat secretary of state, what looks like to be a Democrat AG. What are we doing to stop it? That should be the only message any purported conservative talks about. Carpe diem to her. What are you doing to stop it? I'll give you the answer. Nothing. Arizona is now the land of corruption. You want to go live in Arizona? Go. That used to be a Republican conservative stronghold. It's been corrupted to the gills. Carrie Lake, who was a rising star and would be anywhere but Arizona, needs to move to another state and run there. They are slowly eliminating anyone who supports Donald Trump. We've seen how they've come after Ron DeSantis. They went after Kerry Lake. They're after Trump again. When the full force of this government comes after you, you don't have a chance. The corruption is so widespread in this country. David Clemens was a professor in New Mexico, he refused to get the vaccine and was fired. So he came to Arizona and spoke in front of his board and then spoke later and wondered about why we're afraid of these liberals and who are they? Who are these people that we're afraid of? We need to start proclaiming these criminals for what they are, and that's just that. They're criminals. Uh, We don't need to suck up to them. We don't need to ask them for permission. We have to be in a position where we demand that we have a new election. And that's the only remedy here. And what are you going to do if you demand a new election? What will the people in power say? See ya. Carrie Lake is suing, but it's going to do no good. They don't care. They laugh. When you sue them, they laugh. And they laugh right in your face, too. They just do not care. They control it all. And any place they don't control it, they will be controlling it soon. So, Dave Clemens, how do we beat these SOBs? The only way that we can eke out a victory, if we can, is to overwhelm 
machine algorithms. We have to have, you know, watch parties on, uh, you know, drop boxes to make sure they're not stuffed. And even when we provide proof of them, uh, of folks ballot stuffing, we have no recourse. And so we, we are slaves because the greatest property interest that we own is our voice and we've lost it. And um, what's especially sickening and the reason why I'm in Maricopa, even though I'm from New Mexico, is because everyone objectively knew that Cherry Lake was a phenomenon. Some other places you might you know, think that you've got a close election, it's hard, it's hard to say, but in Arizona, almost every accurate predictor, every poll out there had Cherry Lake ahead. And just to see our voices be slow walked, um, we just have to call it for what it is. And so I didn't go there to ask permission. I'm basically just telling them, one, you're wrong on the law. You can't say that you don't have the power to certify because they take a yes, no vote. If you don't have any power, then just don't hold the hearing. Bingo. So when he claims, and he's right, that they're wrong on the law, they don't care. They're always wrong on the law, but liberals, Democrats, don't care about the law. The law? What are you, crazy? When did we care about the law? We only care about the law when we invoke it against conservatives and say, we believe in the rule of law. They say that a lot. We believe in the rule of law. And every time one of them says it, it's a person who's already broken the law repeatedly and continues to break it. Nancy Pelosi believes in the rule of law while she and her husband enrich themselves over illegal insider trading gimmicks. She believes in the rule of law. Adam Schiff believes in the rule of law. I believe in the rule of law when it comes to Trump, but not when it comes to me. I can lie under oath. I can lie before the American people. I am a serial liar. I destroy people's reputations by lying, but I believe in the rule of law. Eric Swalwell believes in the rule of law. I believe in the rule of law. The Republicans were running on chaos. We ran on competence, (laughs) says the paramour of a Chinese spy. They believe in the rule of law. Every rotten one of them. <laughs> the Democrats will go down in history, I believe, as the only party that had a member, while sitting as the Speaker of the House, tear up a president's State of the Union speech right in his face on national television. That will never happen again, I promise you. So they will go down in history as the only party that did that. And the media, that you can't shame, said nothing about it. It was no big deal to them. Donald Trump deserves it. We don't like him. He's exposed us for what we're doing up here. He's exposed our corruption, our illegal ways of enriching ourselves. He exposed it all. Of course we're going to rip up his speech. Of course we're going to send investigators after him. Of course, we're going to appoint special counsels, not once, but twice. Of course, we're going to impeach him, not once, but twice. Of course, we're going to raid his home, not once. Second one will be coming soon. Very soon. Well, a guy named Frank Figliuzzi, he's some CNN security guy, has decided that after this shooting of a gay bar or a group of gays, I, I don't know the details on it, that it's Tucker Carlson's fault 
and it's Lauren Boebert's fault, the congresswoman from Colorado, because he he's certain that when the authorities go through the laptops and the phones and all of these technical devices of the murderer, that they're going to find that he was a supporter of Lauren Boebert and he watched Tucker Carlson. And for that, claims Frank Figliuzzi, those two should be liable for civil damages if the families of the murdered victims sue them. Prosecutors and police, they found quickly what they needed. That means they know this was a biased crime. This is likely, and since we've heard reports that the subject isn't cooperating with police, that means they likely found clear and convincing evidence on his devices. If he's a consumer of the people we just rattled off, from Lauren Boebert to Tucker Carlson, let's get it out. Let's get it out at trial. Let's expose it for what it is, name it and shame it. He's a consumer of these people, and those people should should face civil consequences from the victims. Um, the other thing they, they want to deny is not only the, the safe harbor, but the way we resolve this. And by that, I mean, you know, you asked earlier, how do we how do we put a stop to hate? Well, one of the things you would normally do is teach young children in school. Um, here's what race is about here. Here's what these other people over here who may seem different to you. Um, they have a different orientation. But you know what? Increasingly, states are saying, no, 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 you can't talk about race or say the word gay or teach anything in, in school. You're damn right, as it should be. That's not what school's for, you jackass. This guy's pleading to continually indoctrinate children into his way of bizarre thinking. And if you don't do it, you're full of hate. You're full of racist beliefs. That's what you are. Do do what I say, or you're a racist. I want those kids to learn early on about race. Let's, let's all ruin children's childhood, shall we? Let's cast all of the problems that we've caused on their shoulders at a tender age. That's a grand idea. You asshat. Any child that that guy has should be taken away by the Division of Family Services. Any grandchild he might have should never be allowed to see him. He's a sick dog. Schools are increasingly saying that we can't teach kids about race. No, that's right. You should never teach kids about race. Ever. And you should never teach them about sex. Ever. Those are family issues. Kids learn things in the home. That's the area of parental guidance. Not some lunatic, liberalized nut job like Frank Figliuzzi. If you're a consumer of Tucker Carlson or Lauren Boebert, you should be sued. Imagine saying that. First of all, he had to think it, which is dangerous enough. But then he actually said it. These are people whose only free speech they trust and believe in is their own. I mean, it's example after example after example. It's ad nauseum. It's clear, but they don't see it. You think this guy believes in his own mind that he's an advocate of free speech for himself but no one else? he He doesn't see that because he's insane. Liberalism, by definition, is insanity. If you're a liberal, you're insane. The two 
go hand in hand down the aisle together. Anyone who would say stuff like that. Steve Kerr, I, I, you know, they didn't ask me about people carrying an AR-15 and mowing people down in a mall. How about Antifa thugs killing people in the street? How about Black Lives Matter killing people in the street? Anybody ask you about that, Steve Kerr? You ass. You pathetic liberal ass. God, these people, they make me sick. CNN has a supposed security analyst who is now claiming that Elon Musk will empower Putin. Now, as you stop laughing, keep in mind the hold, the psychological hold that Putin has over liberals. He doesn't just live rent-free in their minds. He owns them. The Chinese Communist Party and Xi Jinping and Putin own the minds of liberals. Own them. They can't speak without saying their names. They say Putin as much as they say Trump. They don't have anything else to talk about. So Elon Musk, who is now public enemy number one in the crosshairs of the liberal media and the liberal political hacks and the liberal population, because he wants altogether class free speech, real free speech. Again, things said that you detest and disagree with passionately, but you would also fight passionately for a person's right to say it. People can say what they want about me, but they have every right to say it. Wrong though they may be, misinformed though they may be, they have every right to say it. But not according to liberals. And this security, quote-unquote, security analyst who claims that Elon Musk is now a danger to this country because Putin is going to be all over Twitter. I can tell you one thing. Putin is going to be all over Twitter. If there's no regulations on this, fake accounts, spoofed accounts, the rest of it, this is a great opportunity for him. And so when he's talking about the popular voice, Musk, he's really talking about Russian intelligence. Um, you know, the Russians are waiting for something like this. They need a propaganda campaign against the United States and against our support for Ukraine. And they're going to be all over Twitter. I guarantee this. Supporting the far right plans, demands to stop arming Ukraine. You just just wait. Well, we should stop arming Ukraine. Why is that a far right philosophy? We've given them money. We've given them lots of money. How long does this go on? I'm fine with helping them out, even though they're corrupt. But at some point you say, okay, that's it. And we're, we're well past that point. But this loon, the Putin, uh, the Putin Russians have been waiting for something like this so they can launch their propaganda. You think the Russians need Elon Musk to launch propaganda? <laughs> you do it, Mr. CNN security analyst. You and your liberal friends have been launching propaganda for a, over a decade now. But you don't like it when someone stops you. And actually, I shouldn't say stops you. Elon Musk didn't stop them. He's allowing their propaganda to go on. He's simply allowing a counterpoint to
to the propaganda, and they don't like that. They hate it. So Elon Musk isn't the enemy of their lies. He's in favor of them, of allowing them to lie all they want. But he's also in favor of other people expressing different and dissenting opinions. But they hate that. So they will come after him. Full bore. Jason Whitlock knows it. Jason Whitlock's a black guy, so they're very uncomfortable coming after him. But I'm sure he'll be called an Uncle Tom and every other derogatory phrase they can come up with. When Jason Whitlock actually has courage, a spine, a mind of his own. Jason, what crime did Elon Musk commit to, I guess, to to be ensnared by this web of secret police known as the media and all of these liberal lunatic politicians? Uh, His crime is potentially ratting out the people that have been using Twitter and social media apps as mind control. And that is what they've been doing with Twitter. They've been controlling the narrative and what people are allowed to think. If you control what people are allowed to think long enough, you will eventually uh, control what they actually believe. Our thoughts lead to our beliefs. They've been controlling our thoughts through social media with their algorithms that suppress certain thoughts and uplift other thoughts. They've been controlling it by smearing people. If you raise questions, hey, I don't think the police are just out randomly killing black people. Well, here comes that Twitter algorithm to smear you as a racist and one of the worst people on the planet. Shut up. Don't say anything. Let's just go along with this narrative. Let's create. Let's put in people's minds that the police are out randomly killing black men. Therefore, these riots and the burning and looting of cities is justified. Carpe quadruple diem, Jason Whitlock. Talk about a guy who's spot on. Spot on, I say. This Figliuzzi cat, our research assistant sent me some info on him. Remember when Donald Trump was in the White House and he had lowered the uh, American flag to half-staff? I can't remember what the occasion was. But it happened to come on August 8th. Figliuzzi notably said that the reason Trump lowered it on August 8th, now try to follow this if you can. He said it was a tip of the hat to Hitler because the letter H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. August is the eighth month. So Figliuzzi determined that August 8th, (laughs) 08, (laughs) represents Heil Hitler essentially. This is the guy who now says Putin is coming because Donald Trump was a Hitler sympathizer. (laughs) And CNN pays this guy. Wouldn't you love to wake up tomorrow and be handsomely rewarded for saying stupid shit? I mean, that would be spectacular. Most people do it for free. Imagine if you got paid for it. If you paid me for saying stupid shit, I'd be saying stupid shit all day. I'd never stop. Sometimes I do it for free. Not on the show, but during the regular course of the day, I'll say something stupid, and nobody pays me for it. it. pisses me off. 
I'm half tempted to call CNN or one of those liberal networks and tell them, man, I couldn't agree with you more. Put me on as a contributor. I'll say a bunch of stupid shit, too. Just pay me well. The difference would be, if I did that, I'd be a paid whore. These people aren't paid whores. They're insane. This Figliuzzi guy is insane. The security analyst at CNN is insane. Jason Whitlock is not insane. He has only one concern with Elon Musk, and I guess we should all be sharing this one concern about Elon Musk. My concern is like, Elon Musk almost sounds too good to be true, that there would actually be someone with that kind of money who would actually care to stop these people. Hats off to the man so far. I'm thoroughly impressed. How could you not be impressed with a guy who, first of all, has enough money to knock you out, and secondly, doesn't use his platform to spew some racial or political hatred. He uses his wealth and his platform that he bought, by the way, in a society that allows capitalism. He uses that to embrace free speech. This guy should be celebrated down every main street, every town in this country with a ticker tape parade. He is, in years past, a guy you wouldn't even think about. If a guy said, you know, I endorse free speech, you'd say, well, who doesn't? Not now. Now for any public figure to endorse freedom of speech, meaning, of course, conservative thoughts get to be expressed, you're a pariah, you're an outcast, you're shunned, you're fired, you're ruined, your family is ruined, you're arrested. SWAT teams come after you. That's where I say to, to Whitlock, I completely agree. I'm thoroughly impressed by Elon Musk. Now, the media isn't, of course. They think Musk, not China, is the real villain. It's amazing to watch someone like Elon Musk, who is such a, um, he's such a child. You know, he's so immature. He needs attention all the time. And these guys with these money and this attention and these daddy issues. I'd say this libertarian nonsense is, is destructive to American national security. And he has got to reinstitute the same restrictions that were on Twitter before he bought it. When it comes to social media platforms, it is their responsibility uh, to make sure that um, when it comes to misinformation, when we when it comes to the hate that we're seeing, uh, that they, they take action. There's something very dangerous about it. And he reminds me of a Bond villain. As I said, when the richest guy in the world buys a social media platform, it's just not a good equation. Uh, I think he's a dangerous fellow. And that sort of uh, speaks to how he's been governing over at Twitter. Not much transparency into what's going on, just really him. Uh, ruling by tweets. <laughs> Do I need any more evidence to convince you that they're insane? That first woman who said he's a child who needs attention, he has daddy issues. That's a black woman who was talking on MSNBC. Now keep in mind, here's a, here's a woman who just said Elon Musk is a child who needs attention while she goes on a retardedly liberal network to get attention. This is what these people are. You you just need attention. You're a little child, I, I say on a national broadcast, because I love attention. 
Musk needs to impose the same restrictions that were on before he bought it. So I go out, spend an exorbitant amount of money in buying a business, probably overpay for it by leaps and bounds. And I need some liberal to dictate to me what I must and must not do. Fascinating. The arrogance of these people. This libertarian nonsense. So by libertarian nonsense, the guy's referring to freedom of speech. That freedom of speech crap, that's libertarian nonsense. You don't get to say what you want unless it agrees with us, because we'll call it hate otherwise. It's hate, says Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian. All this hate. This woman gets up every day, hates America, hates anyone who disagrees with her, literally hates you, and then turns around and talks about hate speech. It's incredible. Some failed ad exec, Donnie Deutsch, who convinced MSNBC that he's some sort of political commentator, calls Elon Musk a dangerous fellow and that having the richest person in the world buy a social media platform is a bad idea. (laughs) It's a bad idea because you're not the wealthiest guy in the world and you couldn't afford it. And it's a bad idea because this bastard Elon Musk is going to allow free speech. So, of course, it's a bad idea. Every one of those people, Deutsch, he's an attention whore. The black woman who claimed that Musk has daddy. She says, by the way, I don't know where she got that one. And he's a child who needs attention, begs for attention by going on MSNBC. All of a sudden, being a libertarian is a bad thing in a liberal's mind. That's interesting. And really, their big message may not even be to Elon Musk. It might be to the rest of us. If you dare speak against us, here's how we'll come after the wealthiest among you, Elon Musk, who, by the way, at least from what I've read, didn't vote for Donald Trump. So they can't pin him as a Trump supporter. They don't know what to do. He was probably leaning toward them until he went against them. Now he's to be murdered, literally. If they could get away with it, he'd be dead. Keep an eye out for the Clintons, Elon Musk. That would be my advice. Keep an eye out. People who've disagreed with the Clinton crime syndicate have ended up dead. No opinion there. Facts. And now Elon Musk responded to all of this by saying he's going to possibly release all of the documents. And I love that one. All of the documents. And, you know, only a guy like Elon Musk (laughs) would be smart enough and powerful enough to pull this one off. But these corrupt SOBs, and they are corrupt, apparently have a lot of documents from Twitter's decision to ban the Hunter Biden laptop story. And the documents are there in Elon Musk's possession. And he's threatening to release them. (laughs) So they've lied for two and a half years and said this wasn't even a story until CBS confirmed it was a story just a week ago. But they've lied for two and a half years 
And yet there are documents, apparently, that expose the lies they were telling. And Elon Musk is threatening to release them. Jason Whitlock, your thoughts? I'm going to really irritate people and give someone credit that deserves credit for being the first domino. And it's really Donald Trump inspired this. He he took on the establishment of fake news industry and upset the establishment and their narrative and control and started calling it fake news. And now they're what they're afraid of is like Trump, through the force of his personality and opinions, shook up the establishment. It sounds like Elon Musk wants to come with the actual receipts and justify everything that Trump has said over the last five to six years, and they just don't want the receipts put on display for everyone to see. That's exactly right. And do it, Elon Musk. Do it. Let's see it. Don't threaten to do it. Do it. And carpe diem to Jason Whitlock for pointing out that it was Donald Trump who first stood up to these rotten bastards. Do you know how much courage it took for one man to stand up against the entire corrupt government in this country and the corrupt media. He didn't just stand up against the corrupt government. He stood up against the corrupt media. Now, I wonder where Frank Figliuzzi was, since he's claiming that Tucker Carlson and Lauren Boebert can be sued for some lunatic shooting up a bunch of gay people. Where was he when the guy from Belleville stormed the Republican baseball practice and shot up Steve Scalise and other people? before he was killed by the police. Did Frank Figliuzzi think that anyone who was shot by him should sue his family or his estate or whoever, whatever liberal commentator he followed? Maybe he was listening to Joy Reid. Should Joy Reid be sued because he's a nutcase? Of course not. But Frank Figliuzzi thinks so. But he didn't say it then. He said nothing, in fact. Frankie boy. With all this going on, along comes Anthony Fauci. Now, we thought we were, you know, finished. It's like at a picnic. You've got a gnat that just won't go away. You try swatting it, and you miss it because it's quick. It's just a little gnat, but it annoys the hell out of you. It's on your food. It's in your eyes. It's in your ears. And you can't get rid of it. And that's Fauci. He's a little gnat on the pages of history, and he won't go away, even though he says he's going away. He won't go away. And as he claims he's going away, on the way out, he wants you to know, because after all, fear is his major weapon, his tool of power. He wants you to know you're still in a pandemic. Well, we certainly are still in it. I think you just need to look at the numbers. We have an updated vaccine booster that we want to do, but the uptake of that is is you know less than 15%. It's some somewhere between 11 and 15%. We've got to do better than that. The only surprise to me is that 11% of the nuts in this country would take his new booster. I've got a new one for you says the mad scientist. Come here. Get closer. Let me get you. Gotcha. Only 11 out of 100 of you people will take my new booster? Well, at least 11% of the country's going to be safe. We're still in a pandemic, you noted. Yeah, we sure are. We're still in a pandemic. I have a new booster, and only 11% of you people are willing to take it. We're going to have to demand better, so that means we're going to start threatening people again. And they are, trust me. That's coming. 
As far as the origins of COVID are concerned, Fauci, who we now know through congressional investigation, funded the research in Wuhan, China, in the lab. We know he did with United States taxpayer money. He claims he's open-minded about the origins of COVID, even though he has insisted all along that it couldn't have come from the lab. I have a completely open mind about that, despite people saying that I don't. I have a totally open mind about that. But if you look at the preponderance of evidence, the evidence strongly points to this being a natural occurrence. Actually, it doesn't. Zero evidence points to that. All of the evidence points to it being originating in a lab that he was funding. So, of course, you wouldn't have an open mind to it. Of course, you'd lie about the preponderance of the evidence. That's a big word for Fauci. Preponderance of the evidence points in my direction. He's an open mind. Even though people say, I don't, I have a totally open mind. He doesn't just have an open mind. It's completely open. Would you want to be in there? I don't think so. I think what I get the biggest kick out of, though, is the hypocrisy of the Democrat politicians when they were running in the midterms and they were out campaigning for others. These are the same Democrats who forced you to get the experimental drug injected into you or lose your job. These are the same people who forced that on you who now claim that you have a right to choose. The right to choose is on this ballot. We want to protect a woman's right to choose. Are you ready to stand up for a woman's right to choose? Remove all doubt that a woman has a right to choose. Protecting a woman's right to choose? I mean it sincerely about what's on the ballot this year. Your right to choose is on the ballot. Hello. Your right to choose is on the ballot. Your right to choose, choose. I didn't know if he said chew or choose. Choose the cereal is on the ballot. So all of the Democrats who said you have the right to choose, uh, the woman's right to choose, I guess men don't have that right. The woman's right to choose was on the ballot, but your right to not get a vaccine <clears throat> injection never existed. You don't have that right. That's These liberals, that's what they believe. Good morning, Cleo. How are you? Morning, Kevin. Magnificent show as always. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're on this Fauci thing. I remember distinctly, Fauci said initially, when this damn thing started, that he trusted the Chinese, okay? Oh, yeah. He's keeping the same line because he worked with them to develop the thing. That's exactly what. This little scoundrel, this little rotten creep was doing this surreptitiously. Maybe even our own government didn't know he was doing it. He's such a sneaky little prick. So maybe they didn't even know it, but he was doing it. And now that the evidence has come out, he attacks Rand Paul for catching him. Isn't that amazing? So if you go yeah. home after school, I'll use my cookie jar analogy that I always use. You reach into the cookie jar too many times, and mom catches you, says, hey, you can't do that anymore. She's the villain. <laughs> he's despicable. He's just a despicable little ant. He is. He's just a little ant. That's why his name is Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I missed something. Did Jean-Pierre uh, mispronounce Nobel or something? Oh, yeah, you'll hear it. I've still got it to come. Okay, I'm it's, looking forward to hearing it. It's that. coming your way, baby. It's well, coming. maybe she mispronounced Nobel because she's a dumbbell. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to hear this, man. Oh, you're going to hear it. It's phenomenal. 
And she doesn't oh. just do it once. You know, let's say let's say you, you you know you're you're talking and you maybe lose your train of thought, so you mispronounce something. Well, you catch yourself, right? When it's something that you clearly know the proper pronunciation. Not her. She does it multiple times. She's like a little kid, you know. Remember during class, grade school, the teacher used to ask people to read, and sometimes they asked the dumbest person in class to read, and everybody was stifled laughter. Right. <laughs> That's her. That is her. That's a great, great analogy. She is the dumbest person in the classroom, and she can't read. <laughs> this woman cannot read. She stumbles she and stammers over everything she's reading. She can't read her own notes. No, she can't. Her own binder. That was she couldn't even cheat. Well, she couldn't even cheat well in college to get through. No, no, she could not. She is really a dumbbell. You're right. She is a dumbbell in the dumbest bell use of the word. Hey, listen. Let me let me get to another big. It's a big issue here. Uh, Iran versus the USA, Kevin. Yeah, I'm afraid we're going to lose. Hey, well, that's what I was going to say, man. Maybe you. Here's my thinking on it. I do not predict victory. You know what? Iran, uh, USA is supposedly going to have double reinforced shin guards for this game. Uh, is that something you've really heard, or is that just something? No, I just, I'm just. <laughs> I was going to say because I believe it. If it is, a little license here. And, you know, the Iran government's giving the players incentives and coaches to win this game. Each player and coach will get five camels if they win, <laughs> and access to the most luscious young virgins. In Iran. <laughs> and if they lose, they'll get access to the most vicious firing squad in Iran. <laughs> anyway, you know, I'm kidding, of course. But, uh, you know, ethnic humor is dead, of course. Of course you uh, can't say it. You know, that you're, you're terrible. You're such a terrible human being. Despicable, actually. For yeah, trying ethnic, to make no more ethnic. Johnson Winters is dead. Don Rickles is dead. Flip Wilson's dead. John Viner's still alive, but these were the four of the best for ethnic humor. Oh, they were fantastic. They were as good as it got, and they gave it as good as they got it. And yet, even go past ethnic humor, just humor itself, making fun of other people, which is what humor is all about, it's gone. Johnny Carson's gone. Right. Those those guys were four of the best. I just – yeah, they were. You know, I could listen I to Don Rickles. I could listen to Don Rickles every night, and Don Rickles would cause heart attacks all over the country uh, th- this day and age if he spoke. If he did his act for five minutes, he couldn't. He couldn't do it. No, he could not. <laughs> he was spectacular. Seriously, the point I'm trying to make here, man, is the United States Soccer Federation did a stupid thing by criticizing Iran's flag and, and the way they are. I mean, it's a stupid country. As Dan Devine once said, Kevin, you never give your opponent another reason to beat you. Carpe diem to Dan Devine, and you're so correct, Leo. And that's that's something that was ridiculously stupid. Why is the Soccer Federation involving itself in Iran's politics? I don't care what their flag is. Look, I got news for them. The Iranians ought to be bitching about us changing our logo to in, invoke the uh, the 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 rainbow coalition of gays in our country. So exactly. that was the world, the world cup and FIFA had declared both of those things to be taboo. If you do it, you're, expe- you're expelled from the world cup and the United States did both. Yeah. They're liberals. They can do what they want. You get away with murder here. You can try it with the, with the soccer, with the FIFA. Yeah. It's, it's unconscionable really. 
And yet, then they claim, oh, you know, we didn't really know. You didn't know about it. You removed the thing from the Iranian flag. You changed your own logo to reflect America as a gay-loving country. Look, I'm not – if you're gay, fine. Whoop-de-doo. I don't care. But to – uh, to portray us as a gay-loving, like we love all these, we're the gay country. We're not. Exactly. I hope Dan Flynn of St. Louis, who I happen to know, had nothing to do with this. I hope he didn't either, because I like Dan Flynn and I respect Dan Flynn, and I'm not. I don't think he's associated with them anymore. Okay, I don't believe he is either. I hope you're right. But anyway, these people in Iran, from a young age, are taught to hate America. From a young age, Kevin, and you put this on top of it, and those guys are going to go crazy out there. Oh, yeah. And now you have to understand, too, Cleo, and I think you do. It's also true that kids in the United States are taught from a young age to hate America. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So we're no different than Iran now. We're just like China. We're just like Russia. And now we're just like Iran. How ironic. You're right. It disappoints me to, to, to realize that in my head, but you're right. Yeah, it's sad. I'm not proud to admit it. It makes me cry almost because it's so disgusting. But kids are taught to hate America. You heard that girl earlier on the show. Now, this was in college when she was getting her indoctrination. But now it's younger. They want to get you when you're five years old now. Yeah, the hate America crowd's been growing and growing over the years. And nothing's done to stop it. I'll tell you, if if I had... If I had a ticket to that game over there, I I don't think I'd go without protection. I wouldn't. Not in that neck of the woods? Oh, my God, no. There's no chance I'd go. And I sure as hell wouldn't go with all of my red, white, and blue gear on. That's for sure. No way, baby. And I'll tell you, if the U.S. loses the ties and, and they are eliminated, you can bet the propaganda from Iran will come out about the stupid USA opening their mouth. Oh, you can count on it. You can, this will be a propaganda victory. This is like Hitler at the 36 Olympics. The fly in the ointment for Hitler was Jesse Owens winning four gold medals. Oops, a black guy succeeded on the stage that hated black people. That wasn't good for Hitler, and that wasn't good for business, and it won't be good for business if this happens to the United States. It'll be great for Iran's business, but if we beat them like Jesse Owens beat the Nazis, look out. I was going to bring that up. You, you, you lead me into it. Jesse Owens, in a quiet way, told the Nazis to stick it. You yeah. don't think he was motivated by their talk of, of racism, they hate people? Absolutely. He was motivated Absolutely. by it. Absolutely. And when he stood on that podium with his hand over his heart, you can bet that he wanted that middle finger to go out. That's right. As nice a fella as he was, you know it motivated. And you know who else motivated you, you motivate when you criticize somebody or when you dislike somebody. Jackie Robinson, look what he did. Yes. Everybody went after him, but he showed him. He showed him. He sure did. You don't give your opponent another reason to, to hate, to no, win the game. And Jackie Robinson should go down in history. Um, how, how would I describe this? He was, I guess, the most courageous athlete because you have to be courageous to turn the other cheek when people are doing things to you that, that were done to him. I would not have been able to do it. He made that promise to Branch Rickey. And after a few years of this, Branch Rickey went to him and told him, you no longer have to turn the other cheek. And that's when Jackie Robinson became aggressive on the base paths. Yeah, kept stealing home all the time. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, if I'm Jackie Robinson, I'm coming in with my spikes high. 
you know, you know, speaking about spikes high, you know, and, and using using uh, a propaganda and hate to motivate you. You know what the biggest proponent of this was? Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb was psychotic. I know he was crazy. He's nuts. But you know why he hit more high average than anybody? Because he worked up the hate of all the pitchers. He hated every pitcher. He did. He hated I mean, everybody. He, he didn't have a good reason for it, but but it was a motivator, and it worked. As screwy as the guy was. And, and let me say one thing about uh, uh, Ty Cobb. Before Jackie Robinson got in, Ty Cobb pushed for Roy Campanella to get in the major leagues. That's a fact. And that and that's fantastic because Ty Cobb gets a bad rap through the years. Yeah, he was crazy, but crazy in a lot of good ways. I mean, he used that craziness to become the greatest hitter ever uh, in, exactly. terms, in terms of batting average and the most hits ever until Pete Rose came along. So Ty Cobb used his hatred of other people. Now, let's also use Bob Gibson as a good example. Bob Gibson hated there the opponent. Go. He he wouldn't even speak to players on the opposing team before games because he, he hated them. I, I remember Ken Holtzman, the pitcher from U-City who pitched for the Cubs, told me this story that Bob Gibson hit Ernie Banks in a game one time. Ernie Banks, whom, whom universally loved by everyone. I don't care, black, white, everybody loved Ernie Banks, Mr. Mr. Right. Cub, Mr. Baseball, really. So Bob Gibson hits him right in the ribs. And after the game was over, Holtzman and a couple of other Cubs said they saw Gibson walking out of Bush Stadium. So they hurried up and were walking up the steps with him. One of them said, why would you hit Ernie Banks? And Gibson said, he said, without batting an eye, Gibson said, I already knew your white players were afraid of me. I wanted to make sure the black ones knew it too. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I really don't think he was that hateful a person, but I think he was using hate as a motivator. I agree. I got to know Bob Gibson fairly well during the years, and I couldn't couldn't tell you – what a good guy he was, what a good guy he was to me personally. Uh, you know, he, he stood up and told uh, Tom Pagnazzi to go F himself when Pagnazzi was giving me a load of crap at spring training one time, and I happened <laughs> to be standing next to next to uh, Gibson, and I had said uh, during the offseason that I would have traded Pagnazzi if I had the chance, and so Pagnazzi was giving me a load of crap about it, and Gibson finally says, why don't you shut up, Pagnazzi, and go do something constructive because I would have <laughs> traded you too if I had the chance. That's <laughs> a great story. Oh yeah, so I I eternally love Bob Gibson. Yeah, emotion can be a powerful motivator in sports. Yes, it can. And today you're going to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing this one example. I, I pitched softball for many years, and the word on me finally got to be, "Don't make it last." Because when I got mad, I pitched all the best. Somebody didn't respect me. I, I used to upset people I had no business upsetting. You know, it's interesting because that should be the motivator in every game. You see these guys going out there in games now, and they don't have that ferocity. Uh, that's what you have to have to compete. You know, when you're on the field, you're a different person usually than you are in regular life because you have to be. These people are coming after your lunch bucket, and if you don't protect it, you're not going to eat. Correct. Well, listen, I, I thought I'd put the two cents in. Uh, I predict they won't win, but I want to be wrong. I've been right on just about everything else I predicted on your show. Yeah, you have <laughs> been, but I'm wrong when I predict sports. So if I say the United States is going to lose, they'll probably win. Here's the second problem the United States has. Iran only needs to tie to advance. Yeah. So they're going to pack it in. They're going to pack. You're going to have to really hit a formidable wall. And if you play like you normally play, United States, you will not win. The normally normal way of playing is to lay back and not attack. If you don't attack the box, you will not win. Well, my thinking is they won't play that way the first half. 
But if it's a tie, they will the second half. <laughs> you can count on that. All right, good stuff, Cleo. Okay, great. You too, man. Great show you got there. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Welcome back. Yeah, look out for that game today because they're gonna they're gonna go for the, the. They'd love to beat the United States. Cleo's right. If they play all out the first half and they get ahead, you can kiss it goodbye. They'll put six guys in the goal. I mentioned Eric Schmidt in deposing little Fauci as we were talking about him when Cleo called as well. In this depot, Fauci at one point had sent a team over to investigate how China was handling the virus outbreak. And what he found, Dr. Lane was his chief comrade who went over there. And Dr. Lane came back and told Fauci that it was draconian. What the Chinese were doing was unbelievable. Welding and hammering people's doors shut so they couldn't get out and even get food. Fauci embraced it. Fauci thought it was a good idea. Thus, the lockdown's here. Here's what Schmidt had to say that Fauci said in the deposition. As far as the response, Fauci sends, along with the World Health Organization delegation, his chief lieutenant, Dr. Lane, to go there, and they witness uh, these really extreme measures, these lockdowns that China was imposing, uh, and they praised it. And Fauci was completely on board with that. And who knows what we might have ended up with even more extreme measures, but he was certainly on board with that and confirmed that in his deposition. Uh, as relates to masks, a friend actually emails him in February of 2020 asking him if she should wear a mask on a plane. And he says, basically, masks are ineffective. Uh, later on, in, on March 31st, there's some emails with more studies to confirm that. Then on April 3rd, he does an about face and says, ma- you know, masks are completely necessary. Mandates follow. Lives are ruined. And COVID tyranny is born. What's clear from this depot is that when Fauci speaks... Big tech censors, and that's what this lawsuit's all about. You know, I don't like Schmidt. I don't like him at all, but he's right. When Fauci speaks, big tech censors. Now, he misspoke when he said that Dr. Lane praised Chinese behavior. Dr. Lane came back and was mortified by it, but Fauci wasn't. Fauci embraced it as the right way to deal with it because Fauci's a little dictator himself. And now, as I mentioned earlier, they've got not one, but two special prosecutors hunting Donald Trump. Cash Patel, who was once a U.S. attorney, prosecutor, knows all about Jack Smith. This is the special prosecutor. The only two federal prosecutors in DOJ history who were crushed and reversed 9-0 to zero by the Supreme Court for criminal convictions that were vacated because they were unlawful was Andrew Weissman, And you guessed it, the special counsel Merrick Garland just appointed in Jack Smith when he brought the Bob McDonald prosecutions. This is the type of people we have that they say are apolitical figures leading our law enforcement agencies. And if that weren't enough, this guy was the head of public integrity at DOJ when the Lois Lerner scandal broke out of the IRS to target conservative institutions. How about that? And they're telling us he's apolitical. He has no bias. I mean, anytime. Democrats say that about someone, you know the opposite is true. Robert Mueller, oh, he's he's a Republican. <laughs> it's, Cash Patel, what in the hell's going on here? They realized, oh, the midterm elections are over, so what's going to happen? That means Congress and the Judiciary Committee specifically, hopefully led by Jim Jordan, is going to come in and say, what are you guys doing about Hunter Biden? Why are you still going after President Trump? 
And I think Merrick Garland did this to politically protect himself to say, uh-oh, special counsel, if you recall Mueller during Russiagate, they gave a hard roadblock shutdown once the special counsel was appointed to Congress and said, we can't give you any documents. There's nothing to see here. We are being above board. We appointed a special counsel. I mean, it- and that's what they're doing to stop and stonewall any effort by Republicans in Congress to investigate Hunter Biden, which means investigate Joe Biden. They'll claim, well, wait a minute, we've got a special counsel investigating here, so no ne- no need. Sure. That is what they're all about. It's unbelievable. Isn't it? We talked earlier about forced vaccinations and how Fauci wants to force another one on you now, a new one, new one, says the mad doctor. JetBlue Airlines. Now, when you fly an airliner, you hope, and you should expect at the very least, that your captain is a sane, stable individual. That's the hope. We haven't had any evidence in the United States that these captains who get employed by airlines are anything but that. But we do now. JetBlue has hired a new captain who served prison time. Now, I'm all for reformation and and, uh, a guy resurrecting himself. But here's the story. Luke Rusniak, who's an investigative reporter for the Daily Wire, on the JetBlue hiring in lieu of never hiring anyone who isn't vaccinated because they're the danger. John Perry has committed a heinous crime. He broke into the home of a judge and brutally assaulted the judge's daughter in the shower with a metal baton. She fled the home bloodied and naked. When he was arrested, he was found wearing a bulletproof vest. And in his car, he had knives, handcuffs, parachute cord, and most disturbingly, a shovel. So this is a bad dude. Now, JetBlue forced all 25,000 of its employees to get vaccinated last year, whether they liked it or not. They won't hire you if you haven't had the vax. But they did hire John Perry's. And interestingly enough, uh, the crime he was uh, convicted of was assault with a deadly weapon while wearing a mask. (laughs) You can't make it up, can you? Can you imagine that? This guy's flying airplanes with passengers. He beat a judge's daughter almost to death and had a shovel in order to bury her after he finished the job. She got away, thank God. Ran out of the house naked to avoid this guy. And JetBlue said, hey, it's a great thing to have on your resume, man. Come on out in here. You can fly our jets. I'm assuming that after this story has now become public, that no one in their right mind would hop on a JetBlue airliner with that guy behind the controls. I would, I would suspect he'll be gone shortly. We always talk about democracy versus constitutional republic on this show. We've done, we've done our best to explain it. But our research assistant found a better explanation, and so I wanted to play it for you. A constitutional republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship, which promises government-guaranteed equality and security, but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. America was founded as a constitutional republic to safeguard the liberties of the people against the tyranny of democracy or of one-man dictatorship. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. 
by calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the term, the totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of our principles of government. Carpe quadruple diem. There you have it. So you heard all during the midterm run-ups that the liberals were claiming that the, the Republicans were trying to destroy the democracy. You're damn right. They wanted a democracy. That's what they want. Which would spell universal torture for all of us. All right, I promise this, and we'll end this segment with it before we break. Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, talking about the Nobel Prize and how Joe Wuhan Willie O'Tella Biden had met with three Nobel Prize winners here the, the other day. And here's her description of the action. Today, President Biden met with three U.S. winners of the 2022 Nobel Prize, Dr. Caroline Bertozzi, who won the Nobel Prize in chemistry, Dr. John Clauser, who won the Nobel Prize in physics, and Dr. Douglas Diamond, who won the Nobel Prize in economic sciences. (laughs) Four times. Those must be noble people. They won the Nobel Prize. Four times she said the Nobel Prize. Again, like I said earlier in the show, it's been around since 1901. (laughs) And you haven't heard of it? It's the Nobel Prize, you dumbbell, as Cleo said. Not the Nobel Prize. But it was very noble of you to think it was the Nobel Prize. And they're very noble people who won the Nobel Prize. (laughs) I can't make it up. If you said to me this morning, hey, make something up that's really stupid that these people, uh, you know, you'll, they'll fall for. I couldn't do that. Couldn't make anything up like that. Could you? There's no chance. It's beyond stupid. Never heard anything like it, actually. But I haven't heard anything this good either. Jordan Krugman can help you with your health insurance. Doesn't matter if you're an individual, a family, a small business. If you're a Medicare recipient or about to go on Medicare, Jordan Krugman is your answer. Don't forget the 2023 open enrollment started on November 1st, ends on January 15th. Medicare open enrollment ends on December 7th. So it's a good time for you to consider your options. 314-602-4055. 602-4055. That's Jordan Krugman. He's also online at thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Now, Jordan Krugman and health insurance are synonymous. You might think you have the best health insurance plan around, and it's quite possible that you do. But don't you want that peace of mind that I always talk about? Peace of mind is a wonderful thing. gets rid of all the stress. You'll no longer have to wonder whether you have the best health insurance policy. Call Jordan. My guess is he has a better one for you that will be completely tailor-made and designed for you specifically, according to your health needs, according to your financial situation. He then will not just give it to one insurance company and you have to take it. He's a broker. He's independent. He'll take it around to different insurance agencies and get you the best deal for you. In many cases, he saved people $2,500 deductibles on various visits to the emergency room and other things. Can't get any better than that. If it's a Medicare situation for you, he has... Help with Medicare supplements, Advantage plans, Part D drug plans. Many of those Advantage plans, by the way, have a zero monthly premium. Zero. Never charges any broker fees, is your advocate, and works for you. 
He has offices here, but he's licensed in 24 states, including Missouri and Illinois. You just can't beat it. 314-602-4055. He's my health insurance guy, my family, my friends, listeners to the show, and no one has ever called me and said, hey, you steered me to the wrong guy. In fact, they've called me and said just the opposite. They've thanked me. And you will, too, if you call Jordan Krugman, I promise you. 314-602-4055. He gets the Slayton Guarantee. All right, a quick musical interlude, and then we're right back here fighting the good fight. Let it be Christmas everywhere In the hearts of all people Both near and far Christmas everywhere Feel the love of the season wherever you are On the small country roads lined with green mistletoe Big city streets where a thousand lights glow Let it be Christmas everywhere Let heavenly music fill the air Let every heart sing, let every bell ring The story of hope and joy and peace And let it be Christmas Let heavenly music fill the air. Let anger and fear 
welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you on this Tuesday morning overcast right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com in the Window World Kings Court. Our lines are open for you, 636-538-0746. Our friends at Taco Bell are open for breakfast for you. They have a dollar Crave menu operating right now, a $5 Crave menu operating right now. You can get some spectacular food off that dollar and $5 Crave menu all day long for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, for late night. Taco Bell specializes in giving you a lot of food for very little money. Unlike most people in this country, they're not trying to rip anyone off. At Taco Bell, I had my mic turned down a little bit, sorry. At Taco Bell, they're there for you. You can find enough money, enough change in your sofa cushions. Yes, you can do that. Or in your change compartment in your car, and you will have enough to buy yourself Breakfast, lunch, dinner, or late night at Taco Bell. Maybe all of them combined. Depends on how many pieces of change fell out of your pockets while you're sitting on the couch or in your car and you threw it in there every time you you, you get some change. But head to any one of the locally owned and operated Taco Bells. That's what I do. Get that breakfast, grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for a buck. Get that double stuffed taco for a buck or a grande burrito for a dollar. Get the triple-double crunch wrap with two tacos in a box and a soft drink for five bucks. How about the two AM crunch wraps? Both under three bucks. The Grande Scrambler under three. Doesn't get any better. They brought the Mexican pizza back. Why don't you get a Mexican pizza today and watch the USA and Iran soccer? Man, you'll be supporting a whole bunch of countries. Mexican pizza from Taco Bell, the United States playing Iran and soccer. It's going to be quite a day. Quite a day. But I love my locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations because I support locally owned and operated businesses. Always have on this show. Always. And here's where they are. Chesterfield Valley, Jackson, Missouri, Cape, St. Clair, Union, Washington. In Illinois, they're in Jerseyville, Waterloo, Decatur, Springfield, Salem, Carbondale, Troy, Ducoin, and Columbia. Those are the locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. Our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746. I know that sometimes you call and I'm playing a clip or something or I'm doing something and I'll answer the phone, but I won't say anything because we're on the air. So if you get that response, just hang on there, and then I'm going to be right there for you momentarily. So if that should happen to you, understand that I haven't forgotten you. Have you seen this deal with Disney, the woke Disney, where their new CEO, Bob Iger, their old CEO, actually, but now their new CEO, because they brought him back since they're desperate. They've destroyed themselves. Their new gay-inspired movie tanked at the box office. A cartoon. Imagine an animated movie from Disney being released. It's called Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, no, wait a minute. Is that the one? I'm not sure if that's the one. But they released a new animated. Here it is. I'm called, it's called Strange World. Sorry. Hocus Pocus 2 is the one that has Bette Midler, the big mouth in it. But Strange World is the name of the $180 million movie that featured a gay teen romance. Lowest rated Disney flick in 31 years. Carpe diem, moviegoers. So Bob Iger's brought in. Try to restore some kind of sanity at the house of Mickey Mouse. 
And Iger says he wants to quiet things down. He doesn't like seeing the company embroiled in political controversies. Now, his predecessor, Bob Chappick, picked a political fight with Ron DeSantis and lost, as we all know. He also pledged to commit Disney to the radical LGBTQ activism, putting transgenderism in children's entertainment. That's psychopath. Even Disney, I guess the Disney board and the Disney stockholders said, get rid of this. You're killing our pocketbooks. That's all they care about. On Monday, Iger told employees he wants to avoid getting Disney in any political hot water. He said, I think there's a misperception here about what politics is. Some of the subjects that have been proven to be controversial as it relates to Disney have been branded political, and I don't think they are. Well, you're nuts. They are. So he's just nuts. Do I like the company being embroiled in controversy? Of course not. And to the extent that I can quiet things down, I will try to do so. So he's really trying to strike a conciliatory tone with Ron DeSantis, but he's not really saying he will. He's claiming that these aren't really political ideas. Of course they are. But here's what's interesting about Robert Iger. Not very long ago, when Florida passed the Florida Parental Rights and Education Law, in other words, you're not going to teach my kids sexual perversion at age five, Iger tweeted, I'm with the president on this, meaning Biden, If passed, this bill will put vulnerable young LGBTQ people in jeopardy. In jeopardy. So if this bill passed where they wouldn't allow sexual perversion taught to five-year-olds, apparently if you were gay, a five-year-old gay kid, and I'm not even sure there are any, but if you were, the other kids would know about it, and your life would be in jeopardy, according to Robert Iger. What a moron he is. He was agreeing with Biden's tweet saying, I want every member of the LGBTQ plus community, especially the kids who will be impacted by this hateful bill, to know that you're loved and accepted just as you are. I have your back, Biden. Whose back does Biden have other than his own? And my regime will continue to fight for the protection and safety you deserve. Gays are not safe in our country. Oh, my God, what's going to happen when you start perverting children of age five? The gays won't be safe. Shut up. It's my parting shot for the day. Shut the F up. That's going to wrap us for today. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. Back fighting the good fight for you again tomorrow morning, hopefully to tell you that the U.S. beat Iran. We'll talk at you later. Have a great day.